We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the 5 Reason Sports Network. Miami Sports On Demand. We now have 15 podcasts in the network covering every professional sports team in South Florida and much more, all absolutely free. Find all of our shows on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Podbean. If you just can't get enough, become a member of our patron feed and you'll get even more exclusive content. Here's a sneak peek of what you'll hear on the upcoming episode of our newest show, The Chamber Podcast. We're now joined by Dr. Peter Marciante. There's a local sports team down here hampered by injuries right now. If a team is ravaged by injuries, how much do you put of that into the training staff and the physical therapist? Unfortunately, I put a lot on it. Now what they've done is they've they've blocked out all external doctors to have total control, and I'm not sure it's working that well but there needs to be a little bit more freedom and guys need to be also take charge in, in their own health care they can't just go to a team who's trying to manage 100 players if you're interested in advertising your business on any of our podcasts reach out to us at number five reason sports on twitter to stay up to date with all of our shows enter five reasons in your search bar and then hit subscribe Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I am your host, Brian Goings, and with me today is Giancarlo Navas, I think. I don't know what's going on today. It's been really weird lately. I haven't seen a game since before the Orlando game, so I'm going to be wholly useless. So Brian has taken the reins today. I told him not to come on because it's the holidays, you know, we're all on vacation, sort of. Um... I know with me today is also Christian Hernandez, and we have our professional screw-up, Alex Lula, coming on late, as always. But I love you because you're uh, you're saving grace. Um, Christian, say hi to the to the peeps. 
How's it going, everyone? I think Alex just got here. Alex did just get here. I just announced him. He literally just Alex Leo, say hi. Is your mic so- working? Hey, your mic works finally. That's good. And then we also have a special guest today. The one and only honorary Heat Beat member, Rohan Netkarni. And I said it correctly because I know how to pronounce your last name. Yeah, correctly. I'm a little jealous of how much weed Alex smokes right before every show. Excuse me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down, Brian. Is there Alex? He has a family, sir. He, be, he be, has another Alex? Or is there, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> Brian. I wish I knew what you guys were talking about. I have no idea. Me neither, man. <laughs> Rohan, um, welcome back to the program. Um, honestly, it's always fun to have you on the show. It's almost like having a a six man on heat beat. Well, I just, I was upset because I saw that you guys had Wes and David on recently from the Locked on Heat podcast. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? Like, you know, well, I feel the same way every time you're on with them. That's okay. Well, you know, I just thought it was like, I was like everyone's hanging out without me. What's going on here? Um, so I'm glad. I'm, I'm always, always happy to join you guys. It's a lot of fun. It's okay. We, can, be, we can both be in a polygamous relationship together. I get really jealous when Locked On has guests that we've had or that we want to have. Like Doris always, Burke? Like Doris. Doris. Burke. No, the one I really got jealous was with Anthony Chang because Anthony was our boy and then he just went over to Locked On and that really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Anthony Chang really made you more jealous than Doris Burke? Yeah, because, you know, I thought Chang was our guy and, you know, he's truly the puppet. But Doris Burke, though. He's allowed to go there, huh? Yeah. All right, let, we don't have that much time of Rohan, so let's get to the bomb of everything that we want to talk about, which is Dion Waiters. Yes. So first and foremost, Rohan, how did you go about getting the Heat's permission to talk to Dion? Well, I didn't get the Heat's permission, so... <laughs> Good job, because you nailed it. Yeah, um, Yeah, that was funny. I was listening to the Levitard local hour, and they were like, they were... I remember someone mentioning to the Heat set this up. Uh, I I have had a pretty good relationship with uh, some people close to Dion ever since I did a story about him uh, before last season. Oh, the one where he went to his house and he played Madden. That's right. Yes. Uh, when we spent some time with them in Florida and Philly. So I had a good relationship with those people since then. And the timing just worked out great. Um, I think it was a little bit before Thanksgiving. Uh, they reached out and asked if I'd be interested in speaking with Dion. I said, you know, I'm going to be back in Florida for Thanksgiving. Uh, we actually got together uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving, um, and it was a lot of fun. I, I love writing stories like that. Um, you got, most people, I think at this point, know I'm kind of in the tank for Dion. I'm a fan of his. Uh, but I thought he said some interesting stuff, and uh, it was a lot of fun. What well, was probably the biggest highlight of speaking of him uh, face-to-face, you know, since the, since the ankle injury, since the last time we really spoke to him? What was – what was the biggest highlight for you as far as meeting him in person again? I think there were a couple. Number one was just, uh, it was good to see him in good spirits again. Uh, you know, I, I'd heard from, you know, some people around him. I heard from his friend uh, when I was talking to him before I spoke to Dion that it's definitely been a trying year for him. I think it's definitely been a long year for him. So it was just good, good to see him in good spirits. Uh, good to see him excited about playing basketball again. And there was another highlight that I swore to him that I wouldn't tell anyone, so I'll tell you guys uh, when we start recording. <laughs> Can we have it for a patron feed? You <laughs> <laughs> would love that. <laughs> Don't worry, nobody would listen to it, Rohan. We'll call, they're, called Rohan pa- they're called Patron shots, though. I'll save it for Locked on Heat. Just oh, to see God, it. no. Wow. 
Rohan, something I find interesting is how, A, how candid Dion is, and B, like, he has a way of kind of speaking about himself that, man, I even, for a second, I bought in. Like, like your most recent story, I was like, huh, maybe he'll come back and be good. And I go, wait a second, what am I thinking? It's Dion. But he just has this way of speaking about him that, I don't know, I believe in him. He's one of those guys that, like, he has an explanation for everything, right? It's like, you, you talk to him and you're like, wait a second. Yeah, no, that checks out. Uh, you're right, you're right. And, you know, I've always said I don't think he can – I think expecting what he did during that 28-game stretch – for the rest of his career isn't likely, um, but I think he can be a positive on a good team. You know, that, that's, that's probably the, the best I can say about him without getting carried away is I think he can be a positive impact on a good team. I think being around Dwayne is, is really good for him. Something that was really nice was seeing how excited he was about the success guys like Josh uh, are having guys like justice. You know, he, he loves his teammates. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to come back just because, you know, he saw by then the team was struggling. It was before the road trip. You know, he didn't want to come back and be the guy who fixed all of it. You know, he was happy about uh, the way certain guys were playing. But, yeah, he is, he's definitely very convincing. Uh, again, I don't know if he can be that guy that he was when they went 23-5 and five, uh, with him in the lineup, which is now almost a couple years ago. But I think he can be a good impact on the team uh, whenever he's healthy. I think that something – and I've said this a lot on the show of how – He's such a plus defender, especially when you don't ask him to do like such a load on offense. I think those Oklahoma City years, he was like really incredible defending the team's you know best guard a lot of nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy that can knock down some some shots, especially if Miami generates a lot of open threes. I do think that he can be positive there. I'm just worried about him taking ball handling reps from Justice and Josh and stuff like that. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's going to be an interesting problem even when Goran comes back. I mean, we're seeing it to an extent now. Also, uh, uh, people are really getting on Dwayne the other night at the end of that Raptors game. But, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how – I mean, we, we knew that headed into the season, right? We knew that they had too many guards. We knew that they had too many guys who needed the ball in their hands. So, you know, it's it's – I feel exposed on his best work the last couple of years – when he's had stuff taken away from him. Like the zone came from, well, we don't have enough guys tonight against the Clippers. Remember that? You know, like Tyler went out early in that game. A year ago when they beat Boston in Boston, well, Dion played in that game. But I remember, you know, they had a ton of injuries. I think Spo does his best work with this roster when a lot of the pieces are taken away. So I'm a little curious to see how it's going to go, uh, you know, now that guys are starting to get healthy. Okay, I, I do want to ask one thing because this is something that I've been really curious about since it happened. Did you get a, a chance to ask him why he said why he wore two sweaters that day in Mexico City? Because I believe that was his excuse for that picture, and and you were talking about excuses before. So I'm curious, like, was he really wearing two sweaters? Why was he wearing two sweaters? Is that a choice he makes? Did you get to the bottom of this? That's really funny. Uh... First of all, I said he has explanations. I didn't say he has excuses. <laughs> um, that's really funny. I asked him about the jokes, certainly. I didn't – I this is sad, but I don't remember the two sweaters comment, and I, I it's all, all coming back to me now. It's very funny. I'll see – I'll honestly see if I can get an answer for you. I'll, I'll try to reach out. I, I'd be surprised if I get an answer back, but that is a good question, and I'll see. I think – I'm sure he was a little embarrassed, to be honest, but I'll see uh, – I'll but see, I'm, I'm curious. He's like, maybe he's just one of those people that's, you know, that gets cold. 
you know, like, from maybe, the field. Maybe he's, yeah. trying to, maybe he's trying to sweat it out a little bit. He's trying to sweat it out a little bit. You know, wearing a couple sweaters. Right. So I, I agree. He needs yeah. to wear more sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to read the quote that she actually had in the story about this. So in your story, you wrote, waiters heard the jokes, by the way. He saw people comment on the weight, on the weight gain. He saw people say he took the money and ran. He was quiet about it until now. Quote, I don't do it for the internet, waiter says. Fuck it. Some people live for that shit. It's one big-ass circus. I could have been posting pictures this whole time. I won't beat her clown. I don't play for social media. That's coward shit. Yeah, he, he absolutely said those things. I was, like, furiously scribbling it down. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, coward shit, okay. Uh, I mean, he, again, you know, he's the kind of guy that has the explanation for something. It was interesting in the sense that I think that his rehab has picked up a little bit over the last month or so. Um, and we can get into that if you guys want. But We have I, to talk I, about the Pat Riley story. Yeah. Oh, I got some things to say about that Pat Riley story, but uh, yeah, I think I think that he kind of learned the value of silence a little bit, just in terms of you know when I saw him, he looked really good. I think you guys see him on the bench down, he looks good. I think once he starts playing a little bit too, he's going to be in, in very good shape. But you know, like he said, he could have been posting pictures this whole time, he could have been updating people on kind of his progress. But I think the way you know how quickly people turned on him, he kind of wasn't interested in. Uh, you know, posting this stuff, you know, kind of chronicling on all on social media. So I think he's, he's definitely fired up to play again, without a doubt in my mind. One more quote. The internet is a lose-lose situation, Waiters explains. Yeah, I blew up, but people don't see the other side of it. They don't talk about how I played on a broken foot. They don't know, how about, the, the, they don't know about the everyday grind. I hate when people say I got paid. Fuck the money. I want to play. But I don't need to tell the entire world. They don't understand. Yeah, he he's like I said, he's definitely very very motivated uh, to get back on the court. I mean, he just wants to play basketball. I think uh, you know something that he said and people around him said when I spoke to them was just the last year has really given him an idea of what it would be like not to be able to play basketball. And I I think that he's mm-hmm. you know more excited about the idea of being able to get back on the court than anything else. I think he's was more is more excited to get back on the court than he was to sign his contract that he did a couple of summers ago. So I'm looking forward to that happening for him, for sure. Alex, do you have anything uh, to tell Rohan? I mean, I've been thinking about it this whole time, and it's kind of funny that we're kind of now preparing for Dion to come back right in the midst of the announcement of Dragic uh, being out for a couple of months. Something tells me Dion's coming in thinking that this is going to be his team within a couple of weeks. <laughs> It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very – I think he's going to have to be eased in the right way. I mean, you know, like Wayne's out of the rotation now. It's, you I know, mean, exactly. that's what I was going to say. They have so many guards, and you effectively now have a forward playing point guard. So if you want to size up right in certain ways, you know, you probably only want – you know, you could play Josh at the three, you know, no problem. But where do these other guys – where does Tyler fit when Dion comes back? I'd like – it's going to have to be like, a, I think, I wonder if Spo will finally just commit to going night to night. These are the matchups. You know, I thought, it, I thought it was surprising Wayne didn't get used a little bit when Toronto's zone looked like it was really killing the heat and they just had no shooters on the floor. I thought that would have been a great time to get Wayne in the game. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if when he has the full complement of guards, if Spo will stick to a rotation or be like, this is a Dion night, this is a Tyler night. 
I do think uh, Dion can play a little bit of three. I think he can guard uh, some bigger guys. So I'm curious to see how he'll be used on that end. But, yeah, it, it, I, personally, as someone who knows nothing about coaching an NBA game, it makes sense to me about night-to-night dictate, you know, let the matchups dictate who you play, but that's easier said than done. Uh, Rohan, let's talk about that Pat Riley story. I know we've been holding it off, so just go at it, uh, whatever whatever way you want to frame it. Well, I just want to know, you know, it's getting brought up on TNT. I see people asking James Johnson about it. You got your boy Chang asking James Johnson about it. Where's the love for SI, man? Like, come on, where did this story come from? I hear Kevin Harlan talking about it. You know, I see people asking James Johnson about it. This Pat Riley story that apparently came up out of thin air. Um, so, you know, tell your boy next time he has him on. You now know, I know how it feels to not get credit for stories and sources. We had the Jimmy Butler stuff first. All right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see. I just want to see one link in the Herald blog, man. No, um, <laughs> we got a link in Bill Simmons's random story that he hasn't he hasn't read a story in like months, and we yeah, got one random link um, on the Ringer. That was funny. The, the Pat Riley stuff was very cool. His friend actually told me about that first. Uh, we were, I was just asking questions about, you know, Dion's relationship with Pat and stuff like that. And it kind of came out, Oh, he's like, yeah, Pat worked Dion out last week. And I was like, what? And I was like, did that ever happen? And every like, you know, something like Dion about lots of stuff, but every 10 minutes I'd come back and be like, okay, tell me what Pat was wearing. Uh, tell me more about uh, the Pat story. I mean, you know, what did he say to you while you were doing the drills? What, I was like, so you get there? Like, is Anthony Cardinal over there? Like, what did he say? Um, it was, I mean, it was incredible hearing him talk about it. And I'm telling you, when he said you'd never see Pat dressed like that, like, it was like, he was like he was reliving the experience. He was like, never see Pat dressed like that. Like, shaking his head. Like, like you just see, like, he was reliving that experience in his head when he said that. Um, that was a, definitely a very cool story. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, I was like, so you just, like, what do you even do after that? He's like, I sat in the locker room with JJ. He's like, you know, our minds are racing. Our bodies are trying to calm down. Um, it sounds like it was a truly legendary workout. And I think Pat actually worked out Dion a couple more times after that. But, yeah, it's, it was incredible. Well, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, my God. You know, I love Pat stories. I think everyone loves Pat stories. I was like, I want to know as many details about this as possible. Um, so I kept coming back to him about it. You're like, you got to tell me more about this. So in your story, you, you had said that uh, Dion had been training with Anthony Carter, I guess rehabbing with him for a while. Yeah, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like Anthony Carter kind of runs the rehab sessions for the most part. And so the story goes that just one random practice, Pat Riley emerges um, out of his Armani suit into athletic gear from head to toe, black shorts, black shirt, and a pair of trainers. Riley, the 73-year-old executive, had transformed back into the hard-nosed leader notorious for pushing his practices past the two-hour mark. I think, uh, I mean, from my understanding, I don't think that, I feel like there's probably a little bit of tension there between those guys, between Dion and the organization. I don't think they've loved the way his rehab went. I think they also really want to see him back out onto the court. Um, so that's probably a little bit of a, you know, motivation for Pat to do something like this to kind of, you know, stay on top of him and, and whatnot. So I think that that probably aided this whole uh, thing from happening too. I think they're really trying to get Dion back on the court. And I, I feel like that was a big part of that story was just how like it felt like Raleigh was taking in his own hands for a bit 
because honestly, he's the one I gave him the contract, and I'm sure the whole team, and like like he had mentioned before in the story, the, the whole front office kind of is kind of impatient with the whole process. Definitely, um, definitely. I mean, I'd I'd heard from other people that you know maybe the front office is not super happy with him, and um, we didn't get into super super specific things, but. I think there's definitely been some frustrations on both sides. I mean, Dion wants to play, you know, just as badly, I think, as the front office wants to see that investment kind of on the court. But I think that they've, from my understanding, the, you know, the front office also seems a little bit like, all right, let's get this going now. Like, it's been a long time. Like, we need to see him back on the court. I think Rohan hit it on the head right there that um, they they need Sam on the court because I mean if if the if the reports were true you know earlier I think it was like in the off season that supposedly the Heat were shopping Dion if they weren't they weren't successful it's probably because he has no value while he's hurt so they they need to see him get back on the court so that that asset of theirs has a tangible value again and I mean it's going to be interesting to see what they do they they have obviously got to do something. Um, I just they could go a lot of ways with it. They could try to acquire future assets, although I don't really see that happening. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be. I, I mean, I'm excited though. Rohan sold me. I'm super excited for Dion now. I'm excited. There yeah, we go. <laughs> All right, so we're taking a bit of a break from my takes to introduce you to our newest partner, and that's AutoNation. And they make it easy to customize your newer used ride. They have a huge selection of AutoNation auto gear accessories. And AutoNation is your one-stop shop to get your vehicle auto-equipped with all the top brands. And you can schedule your auto gear session today at an AutoNation store near you. Design specialists will take you through an entire customization process step-by-step, and they're going to help you create the vehicle of your dreams. From new wheels to a customized entertainment system they've got you covered and qualified buyers right now can take advantage of zero percent financing for 60 months you can schedule your session today just visit autonation.com to find your nearest location well let's talk about the good news though that's actually happening right now which is justice i was about to play a sound for you guys do you want to hear here we go, here we, go. We, we broke we broke key Twitter news last night. I'm really proud for us as a publication. And I'm going to play this sound by the one and only Eric Reed, Miami Heat broadcaster and announcer. Did you see Winslow making an executive decision? We're going to slow this down. He loves being the Heat's quarterback right now with Dragic out. Winslow ducks in and finishes. Oh, he went to the right hand there, too. That was outstanding move. At 6-7, went to the left, and then an up and under got to the weak hand and was able to convert Justice Winslow. He had, this same points. He had seven in the fourth quarter against Orlando a few nights ago. Justice better Winslow. He is really opening eyes this year. Woo! Woo! We did it! We did it! We yes! did it! We did it! Guys, Justice we did it. Justice better! Justice better. Come on, Ron, say it with us. Alex almost had a pulse when you guys started chanting. <laughs> I was going to say, we need to give proper credit. Shout out to Alfonso Hoop. Shout out to at Justice and Jordy, the originators of Justice Better. Yes. <laughs> we Twitter. Um, yeah, he's... LeBron's gone. <laughs> that might be our biggest achievement as a Heat fan base since, since he left? Since he left, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. 
That, that was pretty surreal hearing Eric Reed shout it out during the broadcast. I was like, wait a second. Um, I, I love that he's, he seems genuinely in touch with Heat Twitter. Like, he's, he knows what's up. Everybody's constantly tweeting at him. <laughs> <laughs> it only took us, what, two, three years? Couple years. Couple yeah. years. It took us a, it took us a music video to get to him. He he literally liked the music video like about a week before he actually set it on air. There we go. I mean he he saved it for the right moment. So what do we think? Is Justice gonna stay the starting point guard when Dragic eventually returns? Yes. I think he should. I don't know how you go back to and I love Dragic. I think he's like gonna be underrated when his heat career does end, but I don't know how you go away from justice at this point. And also Dragic coming off the bench sounds great, you know, like a great idea. Like he could he could score a lot coming off the bench. So I don't hate that idea, but I have a feeling the Heat are gonna end up uh starting Dragic whenever he does come back, and they're gonna have Winslow coming off as a starting small forward, but still running the point guard duties on offense and kind of running Goran more off ball like they have been throughout the start of the season. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it too, Christian. Are you here for it? Point guard, I'm good. Christian, are you here for point justice? I mean, I'm here for point justice, but I like like the thing I like about point. No, justice. no hesitation. Are you here for it or not? I mean, yes, but you, you were talking about Dragic too. What are we talking about? Dragic is not team by the freaking trade deadline. Actually, no, he's hurt till till after a trade deadline. Okay, next season. I'm really gonna hate if we trade Dragic. He's, he's Wait, how many jerseys do you own of his? One, but he's honestly one of my favorites. Okay, how many Derek Jones Jr. jerseys do you own? One. Okay, so I don't see what the issue is. I mean, what does this have to do with jerseys? I just, like, it's going to suck. We better get a first rounder at least. What has to do with jerseys? You can still wear the other jerseys that you have in your closet. It's not about wearing the jersey. Why are we talking about jerseys so much? Because we can. He's trying to figure out what Dragic getting traded would have, what type of value would hurt. On yeah. your, in your life, <laughs> for some reason. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this took a turn. Why don't you get a Justice Better jersey? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm spinning I mean, I, right now. I I do have. I made a custom one of my my favorite jerseys. Still, I have a custom Birdman jersey. It says Birdman, and this was before they actually did the nickname jerseys, which I guess he has one of those. But so you wasted money when you could have just ended up buying a right nickname jersey a couple months later 10 bucks more it's not like it's a it's a huge loss okay so are we done with nickname jerseys okay i mean i love the campaign i've always been a fan like i've never wanted to give up on him i think a lot of people here have wanted to see him handle the ball more for a long time i mean (laughs) <laughs> I spoke to him before the season and I was like, it'd be great. You know, we talked about him playing point guard more. I, you know, I said, you know, I think you've played some of your best basketball when you're playing point guard. And it was obvious that he was receptive to that. I think everyone here has seen that for a long time. I mean, it's just interesting how many different directions his career has gone since his rookie year. His rookie year, when he was obviously playing with a lot more vets, it looked like he was kind of like that perfect you know, defender to have in your starting lineup. And your, your hope was that he turned into a three and D guy. Um, and then, the, you know, I thought the next couple seasons, obviously he didn't play much um, one of the years, but one of the problems was, you know, I think they, they tried to use him as their small ball solution guy. And he still is to an extent, but, you know, I think he saw too much time guarding power forwards, too much time guarding centers, too much time doing all that stuff. And it kind of took him out of his game. 
you know, but when last night you see him guarding a guy like Kawhi, when he's guarding smaller players, guards, I think that's good for his mentality. It starts on that end for him. Um, and I, I think just getting him back in that role more so uh, the last season, season and a half has been better for him. But now, I mean, it just makes so much sense having him on the ball, right? Because, you know, whatever people think about the three-point shooting now, obviously he's getting a lot of wide-open looks, um, and he's connecting at a good enough rate. But even if you don't think that's going to last, putting him on the ball kind of at least masks and agree that extent of his game. So I, it, it was always the smart thing to do. I mean, it's obviously not an apples-to-apples comparison, but in a sense similar to what Philadelphia does with Ben Simmons, instead of having him play power forward, put him on the ball – and obviously, Justice is a great passer, a good playmaker. He's he's capable of getting guys involved. And he he's one of, what's that? He's not a coward at shooting. He's not a coward. He's one of the few guys on the team I trust making a decision on the fast break. It feels like everyone else is routinely messing them up. Uh, so I, I trust – he's one of the few players I trust, even if his finishing hasn't been great over the years. So I, I think it always made sense, and uh, I'm glad it's finally taking hold. Whiteside sets the screen. Justice off the spin. Oh, yes. Do you believe what you're seeing? Second straight game, seven fourth quarter points. Justice is better. He said it twice, Ron. Did you know he said it twice on the air? I did. I did. I noticed it the second time as well. <laughs> Euphoria. Euphoria. J-Jax also said it too. I don't have that clip, though. Yo, Alex, are you good, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm good. Why? What's up? You just your your dour attitude. I was like, you know, it's like someone give this guy a hug. You know, what's I'm up? I'm setting the screens. I'm trying to set right. you guys up. Okay, I appreciate it. I, someone's got to do the dirty work. All right. I just finished coming back from setting a bunch of screens at the park. Okay, okay. All right. I want to hear, I want to hear these stats. I want to hear these stats. When it comes to samples, size matters. Except for this next segment. Let's have some fun with some small, teeny-weeny sample sizes. This is Small Sample Size Theater, featuring Nate Heights, Duncan, or Christian Hernandez, whoever is available. Okay, so what's been great about Justice, and the thing obviously that has been missing from his game this whole time has been his ability to finish and especially finish shots right around the rim, the easy shots, the shots that every, you know, competent NBA player can make. Well, in the month of December, he's actually shooting slightly above league average at the rim, and he's shooting uh, 50% from the rest of the paint area outside the restricted area. That's a really important area for, for him to unlock, as Nikias has actually pointed out, because his ability to make those floaters, those kind of running shots, those off the off the bank shots, are gonna really open up the, the lob game for him. So it's it's really important for him that he's actually finishing at a decent clip because it will change how teams start to guard him and treat him, which should ultimately open things up for the other guys on the court and improve his ability to, you know, get the easy assists and things like that. I think him developing that floater, that in-between game, uh, not only does it free everything up for everybody else, but it also frees up uh, him actually being able to finish in the paint because instead of them guarding under the basket, waiting for him to come to the rim, they're going to have to come up a little bit. You know, uh, that makes it easier on him. So I think it's really cool that he's finally we're finally seeing the steps forward in that regard. I mean, seeing him pull up, you know, in a pick and roll situation, pull up to take a mid-range jumper, oh. that makes me emotional. Like, I'm writing like, next week, but 
seeing him with that kind of confidence, you would have never seen that, you know, the last couple of years of his career. But him pulling up to take a mid-range jumper and... and I think that's hilarious, man, because it's... it's <laughs> We're talking about a mid-range pull-up, right? With anybody else, we'd be like, "Don't take that shot." Right, but see him do it. I mean, just it's going to do so much. It's going to do so much for his game. Just seeing that, seeing that improvement is just remarkable. And what's this other stat that uh, I know we've been kind of holding off to? Uh, I was just going to say that I feel like we haven't talked about him much tonight, but he's actually been really good since he came back from uh, his paternity stint. Dwayne Wade. No, not no, Dwayne Wade. Who? Not Dwayne. Who? Um, our our dear friend Hassan Whiteside. Damn it, I had it somewhere. <laughs> you guys, I, I Hassan has been incredible, but it worries me how good he's been. Like the team. Yeah, what's gonna happen? Well, we're gonna have the the up and down games, and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna get excited, and then we're gonna get disappointed. Exactly. Like. You, the team, like, he's going to play so well, the team's going to rely on him one night. Like, the one night they really, really need him, you know he's just not even going to try, and everyone's going to be so mad. Yeah, but I got to say, this has been, like, a pretty good stretch. Okay, I finally found it. So, since he's come back, the Heat have played 156 minutes with him on the court, and they've outscored opponents by 64 points, which is really huge for Hassan because he's been a pretty big negative this season. Mm-hmm. And what, what really stands out when I, when I looked at it is that since he's come back he has well uh the heat as a team have both their best offensive and defensive ratings while he's on the court so he's helping the team on both sides of the ball he's setting better screens he's being a more physical presence down low i mean on top of the fact that he was already the league's most prolific rebounder um i mean he's just bringing it all together that him slowly bringing it up in transition last night and then doing a spin move slam on ibaka was that literally made me jump out of my seat. Like I mean when he blocked Ibaka and then Ibaka called for the ball back and then got blocked again. That is oh my that, God. that is the kind of stuff that you know Whiteside is capable of on a more consistent basis. That's what makes him so frustrating is because this stretch is I'm not saying that he's gonna be an MVP guy and he can do this every night, but this is his potential. This is what we all see you know, there's still times even during a game where I'm like, just slide your feet, man. Just slide your feet. Like, the little things. Uh, it, I'm glad that he's seemingly starting to put them together, but we have to see, you know, if he can achieve true consistency. But it's definitely been – I thought that Raptors' first half was some of the best basketball he's played in his entire career. Um, and, and hopefully for the sake of the team, he can keep this up because, you know, if he's playing out of his mind, if justice is improving this much, you know, that – that bleak outlook that everyone thinks they have, I think, changes a lot. And wait till Dion comes back. And wait till Dion comes back. <laughs> All right, uh, I know Rohan, we have to let you go. Um, just want to close off by letting people know where to find your work and where to follow you on social media. I appreciate it. You can find all my work on si.com slash NBA. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rohan Ned Carney. I feel like it's going to be really hard for you to find my Twitter name just from me saying it out loud because there's a lot of letters in there. But good luck, you know, follow me if you see this, if you see the Heat Beat guys tweet it out. Um, I'm looking forward to all your guys' work on the last few days of 2018 and heading into the new year. And you're hosting a crossover store, right? Yes, I'm still the co-host of Crossover TV. We're on our winter break right now. I think some of our guests for January include Nick Cannon. That was a fun one. We did that already. Baron Davis is going to be on the show. Oh, God. 
We recently had Richard Jefferson. What that are you was doing a- on this podcast? It's a great question. Great question. Um, yeah, give it a Rena son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, we have a lot of interesting guys. Yeah. I posted clips to Twitter and stuff, so check them out. It's usually a lot of fun. All right. And I want to close this off by all us saying this. Ready? One, two, three. Justice better. Justice better. Come on, Rohan. Justice better. On the Five Reasons Podcast, we've got you covered on everything Miami sports. We've got a podcast out every Monday on the Dolphins and the football weekend. We've got original reporting on the big sports stories you care about, like trade talks involving Jimmy Butler and JT Real Muto, and great guests on both current events and a little Miami sports nostalgia. On a recent episode, we were joined by former Heat guard Tim Hardaway. Pat Rowley didn't want me to talk trash. We had to sit down and say, you know, he said, you know, I don't want you to be out there talking. I want you to be, you know, concentrate on what we need to do and helping us win. So I was like, all right, fine. I, I won't talk because, you know, I like I like to talk. So I said, well, let me do it in practice. He said, okay, you can do it in practice, but not in game. I said, all right, fine. We've got you covered on the Five Reasons Sports Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts.